This is the Mile High Five podcast with Carl Jensen and Doug Cunnington. We have authentic conversations about the journey to Phi, health, happiness, and some very odd tangents. We interview Phi experts, side hustlers, people on their way to Phi, and those who have reached the other side. Join us every week, and if you want the show notes and links and all that other stuff, head over to milehighfi.com. Hello, world. Welcome to the Mile High Five podcast. I'm Carl Jensen with my co-host. Doug Huntington. Doug, what the hell are we talking about today? We are talking about frugality. I'm looking at the, uh, the title of the outline that I just printed out, and it says Compound Benefits, Money, Time, and Fitness, which is your title, right? It was. I don't know if that's actually a title or just a random thought. You could tell we prepared really <laughs> well for this one. We're super on top of our game. It, uh, I guess I started thinking about this one and I don't know, I'm not probably super frugal. I optimize for other stuff now, which we could talk about, but did we want to, is there a different, before we get into our topic of conversation today, what have you been up to, Doug? Yesterday I played hooky. So I realized I didn't have anything on my calendar and the weather was going to be perfect for hiking up in the mountains. So I hiked Chasm Lake. Have you been up there? Oh, I love Chasm Lake. I just did that one like a month ago and we couldn't make it to the end because there was so much snow. Is the snow gone now? Or? It's all gone. And yeah, it was a very, um, you know, good hike. The weather was perfect. Hardly any clouds in the sky. And because it was a Monday, there were far fewer people. So, and, and you're talking about the snow field, like in the last quarter mile or so. Yeah, there was one spot where you see one body of water down below, and I don't think that's actually Chasm Lake. You got to like go across this little ridge and then up to the thing, correct? Yep, that's okay. exactly right. And we had that issue. We tried to hike this a couple of years ago or a year ago, and that snowfield was there. It was like maybe late June or so. And surprisingly, it was like whatever, 40 degrees and super windy up there in the mountains. Down here in Longmont, it was like 95. It was insane, the just the temp difference. But yeah, I tried to get across and actually made it across that uh, snowfield there. And it's pretty treacherous because it if you slip, like you'll fall hundreds of feet um, sort of down an incline into rocks. So it would be a bad, <laughs> bad spill. But when the snow melts, it's like six feet wide. It's like a sidewalk. You could just, I mean, you could run across there. Awesome. It's kind of crazy. And the funny thing, uh, when I made it across that snow field, I left Elizabeth uh, huddled in a little cubby area to just eat lunch and hang out. She was like, I'm not going to grow, try to go across that snow field there. And I didn't have any people in front of me. So I sort of went off trail. You couldn't tell because there was snow everywhere. So I went off trail, followed some footprints that went to a place that I didn't want to go. So I thought I just had like five minutes more, but really I was gone for like 45 minutes and I was, I, I got back on the right path. However, I realized I was gone for so long that I needed to just head back to Elizabeth and we could head out. So I stopped like 25 feet short of where the chasm lake is. But luckily I made it yesterday. It was beautiful. Nice. How about you? What have you been up to? Uh, we started work on our new house project. Uh, what day is today? Yeah, we started work yesterday. The kids are back in school. So we started 
cleaning up, we're trying to be super organized. We had some furniture in there. Some people use the house. Some visitors stayed there. So we got all the beds out. We got all the couches out, all that junk so it doesn't get messed out. Messed up. I tore out all of the carpet in the house. Got that into our garbage cans. Today was garbage day. And yeah, we'll probably spend the rest of this week getting a little bit more organized so we're ready to go. Uh, my home improvement projects in the past have been pretty chaotic. I, I just like dive in head first and I don't, uh, I'm not as careful and as thoughtful as I should be. So I feel like some days I spend half my time looking for tools and this is going to be a little bit different. We're going to take it slow, be deliberate and intentional and also record a bunch of video. So we got a bunch of footage yesterday. Cool. And if I remember right, when you announced on this podcast a few months ago that you were getting a house, you said you're not going to do any of the work. And it sounded like you just said that you're doing some of the work. I don't think I ever said we're not going to do any of the work. Uh, what we are doing is we're hiring people. And also some people contacted us to volunteer to help. So yes, we are doing the work, but we are going to hire people to help us out. And this isn't nearly as big. Like for example, the last house we bought three years ago, and that still isn't quite done, but this house should be done like in a month or two. Cool. Yeah, you did say that. You were like, it's a month of work and you're going to have extra hands. And I guess that means you have to be organized. So when people show up, they're not just standing around, not doing anything, waiting to yeah. be told. Yeah, that's part of it. I'm paying them. So if I'm paying them, I don't want to be paying them to try to find my ratchet or screwdriver. I want to be <laughs> work very hard for short amounts of time. Well, what kind of salary are you paying over there? Uh, it depends on the skill level. So for, uh, yeah, it depends 25 to 50 bucks an hour, perhaps for the people who really know their stuff and can do some custom furniture, but, uh, yeah, that's cool. And how many people are helping you? I don't know, like four or five people responded to, uh, the volunteer thing. And I'm not sure how many of those people will actually show up in the, the, the problem with them is most of them have jobs, so they're like, oh, we could come on a Saturday or Sunday, and that's probably when we will not be working. Uh, so Eric, Eric Peterson, a guest of the show, we'll put a link to him in the show notes, is going to be the main the main guy and maybe one of his assistants. But uh, the nice thing is Mindy is going to be filming this for Bigger Pockets as well, so she is going to be paid to work on the house for at least part of the time. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. And we will get to the the topic here, but how is the filming going? Because I know me personally, it's hard to film stuff as you're doing it. it. The filming really gets in the way of just like doing the thing you're trying to do. So how's it been for you guys? Yeah, it, it totally does. It, so I actually thought about that a lot, Doug. And what we're doing is we film at the, if we're going to do something significant, we film at the start before we do anything, kind of talk about what we're going to do. And then, like, for example, I ripped out a bunch of floor. No one wants to see me rip out a floor. But I think we should still so show the work. So I do the time-lapse lapse thing where it takes a picture every 15 seconds and we'll do, like, a speeded-up version of that. But, yeah, it's difficult. You don't want to stop and lose your groove in the middle of while you're doing something either. So I think there's certain things we're going to film. For example, we've got this ugly 1970s fireplace, and we're going to attempt to paint it with chalk paint. And I think that could be useful to a lot of people. So in that case, we'll stop and very deliberately film that one. And hopefully we don't screw it up. But if it, we do, it'll be on YouTube for the world to see it. 
I'm trying to think I'm going to attempt to sand down a floor, which should be interesting. I've never done that. Uh, there might be, it might all be blooper reel. There might be not be anything else. It'll be like two seconds and then like hours of blooper reel where I screw up my floor and then I have to pay someone even more because I messed it up. But, and uh, yeah, we talked actually one side note, we might actually pop the top on it, which would be a pretty significant carpentry job so if, yeah if there's any skilled carpenters who need like a month or two of solid employment we could hire you too did i tell you about that part of the project dog or? no pop the top yeah pete aka mr money mustache came over and he's like um, you know this house is uh it's got a great location it happens to be on a golf course but there's hardly any windows to see the golf course he's like i would totally change this around i would like take this part of the roof off and do this and this so yeah there might be a more sophisticated project in here but i think it might be a little bit beyond my carpentry like i've built a pergola a, a pretty fancy deck but this is like taking the roof off or part of it off is a little bit above my skill level so if yeah you're a carpenter out there that can help me out with this um what's our email address i, I don't think i mile high club at gmail.com i think that's it that sounds right yeah if you subscribe you know, we should we should know it but yeah you created that email address yeah it's mile high fi club at gmail.com, right? Yeah. Okay. People find it, though. We get emails every day, but we should talk about it right. more. And uh, w- while we're on the topic, what? how do people join our email list? That is something we also neglect. It is milehifi.club. Or if you just go to milehifi.com, there's a link and you enter your name and email address. And then currently, we just send out an email like once or twice a week announcing the show. I think at one point we were going to send out other emails with other information, personal essays, something like that, and maybe just other links to cool stuff that we like. But to date, uh, we haven't done any of those. But how do you feel about that? Are you thinking maybe we should get back into it? I think we should. And uh, I'll say it right now, I'm responsible for dropping the ball on that. Uh, Life got busy, but I think we should do that i think there's all this stuff we talk about that we could link to i really want to make it no one needs any more emails so i really want to make it useful to people i think choose fi is a pretty good email list like uh, i'm trying to think if we talk about something we could have a link to it in there because there's a lot of stuff we do we both have instagram accounts you talked about this hike if you had a picture of that i think there's a lot of things we could do that if people enjoy this they would also enjoy that it would delve a little bit deeper into the uh abyss <laughs> yeah the the abyss of our lives yeah 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 i think that's something and and it it's hard because i think when we first talked about it we, we were thinking hey we can send out a, a weekly email and just put a few interesting things like like you said maybe it's links to uh your instagram post where you know you just went on a trip so there's cool pictures or you just read an article on pete's blog and you want to link to that or something and it seems overwhelming if it's like oh no we have to write you know whatever 500 words this week on a side project versus hey can we pull together something like once a month and just you know do that so maybe we can make it more approachable so neither of us are uh, overwhelmed yeah i think we should do it we'll come up with some clever thing mile high five friday although that's a lot of words i don't know <laughs> so many syllables yeah and the the other part is we are very close to reaching the 
number of subscribers where we will have to pay for the email list, which is kind of cool. So we're over on the free plane at AWeber uh, and that's great. But yeah, I think we're pretty close to having to pay a few bucks a month, which that'll be an announcement for like some other thing. But I think we're going to, you know, have a donation model. We are going way off topic here, but essentially uh, the expenses are enough. We have another show on the network, which we're supporting. A lot of people listen to that. So I'm working on the other end with Alan thinking about sort of the operations and how that's going to work and cover our expenses as well. Yes. We also have a merch store. If you would like to support this milehighfi.com forward slash merch. Is that it? Or store 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 okay. store. Yeah. We, we do a link to that in the show notes. I actually, I did my YouTube notes and it's in there as a link, but yeah, we're trying to tread very carefully. No one wants more ads, but Someone has to pay the people who do all of this too. Yep. So we'll probably do a donation model. And I know a lot of people have asked how to support the show. So that'll be, you know, we'll have different tiers and stuff like that. And people will still be able to get it for free. But we'll also add um, some other perks, which, you know, we'll reveal later. But it'll be, you know, like more more interaction. Maybe you get to help Carl rip out carpet or something. <laughs> they pay you. <laughs> and then work at your house. All right. So what what is the real topic for today? It's like frugality ideas and saving money, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. People keep on talking about inflation and bitching about that. So I thought we should talk about frugality, but hopefully make it a little bit more fun. Doug, when I, I posed this topic to you, I think I specifically said I don't want to be boring as hell. Like you see a lot of those blog posts like nine tips for frugality, like compare the Outs on a price of baked beans or some shit like that, or don't go out to eat. They're so obvious and trite that I, no one needs to hear that again. I did buy some dried beans versus canned beans the other day. I'm not going to pay that much for water. Fucking kidding me. <laughs> Damn, how much did it save you? Do you put it in the, do you have an Instapot yet? Or No, no, I've been getting by um, without an Instapot so far. Oh my God, you could hard boil eggs in there. You're an amateur, Doug. Yeah, I, I mean, there are... <laughs> That is a deeper uh, philosophical debate, you know, the Instapot versus it's like a pressure cooker, a slow cooker, a fryer, what other thing can it do? It's all of those things. It'll, it'll give you fashion tips. It's awesome. It'll talk to <laughs> Everything. you. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. But I, I don't have one yet. So, okay. So you wanted to get away from the, the normal, uh, just frugal save money tips. Yes. Ho- awesome. Hopefully we can make this slightly interesting. Awesome. Well, I'll let you open it up here because I, I like how you start. Yeah. So I started thinking about frugality and the thing I came to is like, I'm not frugal in a lot of parts of my life anymore. We used to be, I think. But then as the money pile gets bigger, you find, and I'm curious to know what you think about this too. I think the money becomes less valuable. We're in such great places and the time becomes more val- more valuable. So I'm not going to spend time doing some stuff I would have 10 years ago, maybe that comparison shop. You know, I remember I used to look at the thing in the newspaper and see what all the shit costs. And like, hey, ground beef is on sale. Let's go buy that. We can freeze it or whatever. And now it's not worth my time to do that stuff anymore. We've got kids, life is busy. So who wants to sit there doing that? What do you think about that time versus frugality, money? Yeah, most definitely. I think 
I often pay for convenience, which is kind of what you're getting at too. Uh, maybe a like a side shoot, but I know if I could get the ground beef for cheaper at a specific store, but I have to drive across town and go to a store that I don't normally go to, probably inconvenient. I would probably rather do something else instead. Not always, you know, sometimes it is fun to go to another store or maybe I had other errands on that part of town, but if I'm in Sam's and I can just get the ground beef and pay whatever, 50 cents more per pound, not a huge deal. Like it's probably just easier for me to like get the meat there and avoid driving all across town. Yeah. So I've got one life hack for you and I'll tell you about it after I go through my examples where I both save time and money. And I think I've got two pretty good examples of this. The first one is cutting your hair. Uh, I bought a wall shaver a long time ago and I think I went to the haircut place and I used to use it just to shave my face, but then I went to the haircut place and there was an hour wait. I'm like, screw this. I'm just going to take this thing to my head. I never cut my hair before and it worked out great. The wall shaver is 20 bucks. That thing from 10 years ago is still working great. So the, for the price of one haircut, I've cut my hair like 12 times 10, 120 times. So I've saved a lot of money, but the main point of it wasn't to save money. It was to save time. Another one is changing my car's oil. I can do that in like five minutes in the driveway. I've done it before. You just go under there, uh, unscrew the filter, unscrew the oil, put, put new oil in there. So I don't really do it to save money. I do it to save time, but it turns out I'm saving money as well. What do you think about those things? And do you have anything like that, Doug? I also cut my own hair, although side story, we were down in Boulder the other day and we were on, for the people that know the town, so we were driving on a Arapahoe off a of 28th right there and there's a great cuts, great clips. I don't know. I'm bald, right? So I, I shaved my head. But the last time I got a haircut was 20 years ago in 2002 and I drove down from Estes Park down to Boulder to get my haircut at that place on Arapaho. Wow. And you know, previous I was like I had clippers. I actually have some wall clippers that are I think they're like 25 years old. Like I've had them of in high school. Like I got got it in high school and it still works. I actually use it to cut Georgie's uh hair. So it did <laughs> it migrated to uh, dog usage. We don't share the same one. I have a, a smaller one now, but yeah, cutting your hair is great. Now, do you still change your own oil currently? Yes, I do. Okay. Nice. And I think, I mean, you, you save a pretty good amount of money, but it's just convenience because you don't want to uh, drive through a, you know, a quick lube place or whatever. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. I guess there is one other factor. I'm pretty specific about what kind of oil I always use. Uh, the synthetic oil, and I buy this at Costco, which is pretty cheap. And I think you pay a pretty steep price to buy that at a Jiffy Lube or someplace like that. Yeah. So I keep our cars forever. That's the one indulgence the cars get. Like I haven't washed any of them in years, but they get very high quality oil. And our two main cars have 200,000 miles on them and do not. They still run great. I, I hope that contributes to that. But I, I've got one hike uh, one tip for you, Doug. Were you going to say something there? No. Okay. So there is a Costco opening up within walking distance from you, Doug, right? Yep. And Costco has their $1.50 like, hot dog and drink deal, right? 
It, it does, I guess. I don't know. I've it, never had that. Yeah, they do have that, Doug. So this is going to be great for you. You could walk over there for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and eat for $4.50 a day, get all your calories just from that. <laughs> so what does that come out to? Five, five bucks all round up times 30, 150 bucks a month you could eat for free. And it's actually going to be less than that because it's only a buck fifty. That's true. You talk about the hot dogs a lot. Do you actually eat them every time you go there? I used to. I've tried to back off on that because I process meat, cancer, all that stuff. I, yeah. I don't really want this. So this might not be a good long-term solution for you, but I, I think this could lead to a book deal, the Costco hot dog diet, like keep track of that <laughs> stuff. And like you could control your calories perfect. Like yeah. the calories are right up there. So I, I 1,600 calories a day or whatever it comes out to. And yeah. The, yeah, that's t is tempting. Really tempting. Um, and I, I did wonder, because you do talk about the hot dogs a lot, and I, I am trying to eat a little bit better, and I, it doesn't fit um, as well as you would think. <laughs> yeah, they should come up with a maybe a vegan version of their hot dog, because, yeah, I, what is worse to put on your mouth than a hot dog? Maybe a deep fried hot dog. I, I don't know. That, that'd be really good though. I love deep, deep fried hot dogs. You ever have them with like a bacon wrapped around it and then deep fried? <sighs> yeah, I think I have. Maybe does that place up on in Longmont have that Marco's or? Yeah, that's right. It's a taco place that has bacon wrapped hot dogs also. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> you don't go there if you want a healthy meal, but yeah, I did have that once. Okay. So what's next on here, Carl? Do you want to do one, Doug? You've, I think we both have about three or four points on here or? Or sure. should we do each of ours? So, yeah, I'll do one. Drinking. We're talking alcohol here. So I have a couple tips on that. Uh, number one, I'm actually trying to cut back on beer. Uh, Carl, you and I both listened, I think, to the Huberman Lab podcast where he talked about alcohol. Did you listen to it all the way? I did. And unfortunately, it confirmed both of our fears that alcohol is just bad for you. There's very little benefit you can find studies that'll say like red wine or like one drink a day, but it sounded fairly convincing that like alcohol is just generally bad. And uh, I like to, I mean, I like to drink alcohol. I got really into home brewing beer and the beer scene and it's, you know, kind of a little counterculture and people, some of my friends, they work at breweries and they'll, I mean, they'll have several drinks a day. And I kind of got into that habit from time to time cleaned it up a little bit in the last little bit and potentially, I don't know if I'm going to do it, but the first step is saying it out loud. Maybe go dry for like a month or two and just see how I feel, see how like just kind of reset the system. I'm not sure how it'll look, but I think taking a break could be interesting. So you could save money on not spending on alcohol. Now, there's another trick. I used to do this in college, a couple of my friends and I. I don't... I don't know if this is for everyone, but this was back in uh, 1999, Panama City Beach, spring break. Put yourself back there. Did you ever go down there for spring break? I did not. It was just like they showed on MTV. It was crazy. And we were poor college students. So we were at um, what they call a foam party. Did you ever go to one of those? Um, I think I know what you're talking about, but yeah, I guess I'm kind of sheltered. I don't know what that is. Well, if you get an opportunity to go to a phone party, don't go. That's my pro tip for you. Imagine a crowded bar with a bunch of college students in there with a band playing, maybe a DJ, and then they like release foam from the sky and you're all covered in like a soapy mess. 
So we were at this foam party. We paid to get in there, I'm sure. And we saw these partially partially consumed drinks on the table, uh, unguarded. The people left. There was free beer on the table is what I'm saying. And we would drink the partially consumed beer from other people. Wow. Alcohol kills the germs though, right? <laughs> I don't know if there was enough alcohol to kill the germs and whatever we consume, but we all made it out okay. It may not be for everyone, but you know, sometimes people leave food or drink on the table and uh, it's up for grabs if it's a foam party. <laughs> Did the beer have soap in it or? No, I think it was all clear. It was it was like off to the side. Okay. Wow, that's uh, I did not see this conversation going in that direction. But no, no, that it was too bad. But I thought, um, I mean, it worked. We we drank for uh, basically free, you know. Uh, on a more serious serious note, yeah, don't do that, uh, anyone. You can pre-drink before you go to a place. So we went to a show at. Um, a theater down in Boulder and we had like a little picnic and we're like, ah, we'll just uh, bring a couple of beers with us out there, had a picnic and it was fine. Um, or at least no one enforced any, I mean, as long as you put it in a different cup or have a koozie, like no one's going to bother you if you're a middle-aged couple hanging out, having a picnic. Um, but pre-drinking is highly effective. You ever, ever do that? Yes. Yeah. Who wants to pay eight bucks for a beer when you can have one at home for a dollar or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's another, you know, another area is, um, you know, some of the drinks are so expensive. I think we may get to something similar in a second, but um, you actually invited me out recently and we went to a place where the cocktails were like 14 or $15 a piece and you could buy like a fucking 12 pack beer for that. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, they were good, but yeah, Mindy's like, oh, we should go there more often. I'm like, ah. Yeah, it, I mean, it cuts down on your drinking. You're like, oh, I'm just having one. Like, I can have a meal and a drink. Like, it's a, it's kind of crazy. It's yeah. crazy how much they cost. Yeah, it's like a special treat. They were really good, though. All right, what's next for you? Yeah, uh, another compound thing that will save you money and something else. <laughs> yeah, I thought I had a word. It rolls off the tongue. Yeah, I'm trying to think about compound benefits. So the last one was you could save time and money. And this next one was to get to not only save money, but to get some exercise in. And that was to bike or walk places. And Doug, I meant to walk here today. Doug's house is about a three-mile walk from our place, from my place. So I meant to walk to drive this point home, and then I ran out of time and did not do that. But often I will walk your place, or I'll walk downtown, which is about two miles. It always People always say, is it is it walkable? And I'll be like, well, technically, New York City or Los Angeles are walkable from Longmont, Colorado, although most people don't do that. But I think my definition of walkable is probably much different than most people because I don't mind just walking. But one time I walked from my mom's house to the Las Vegas Strip and it was a 20-mile round-trip walk and it was great. I got 50,000 steps in that day. Yeah. And I had to go there anyway, so I killed two birds with one stone. I got some fitness in and I saved some money from gas or wear and tear on the car. Mm -hmm. Do you ever walk to like the grocery store? Yeah, we have... Uh, King Supers. It's 1.8 miles north of our house. And they've got a really nice trail too. So you can look at the river. I love doing that. You bring a backpack and then what do they call that when you've got a backpack full of heavy shit? Rucksack. Rucksack. So yeah, it's like kind of, uh, I don't think that's actually rucksacking, but probably some secondhand crappy version of that. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. And I, like, I'm close enough to technically walk to the grocery store, but usually, well, I, I never do. I could bike over there. That would make more sense. But like, I would need like a cooler backpack or whatever. Is that what you use or? Uh, I'm close enough where, yeah, if I'm, I don't do this with ice cream or something like that or milk, <laughs> if it's 90 degrees outside, that would yeah. be bad. I'd have cottage cheese by the time I got home. But uh, I do have a cooler backpack though. And that's a good idea. I bought it for um, alcoholic beverages, but yeah, it could have a second life doing this. And now that you mention it, yeah, I mean, we're, we are recording this in the middle of the summer, so it's like 90 degrees outside right now. And that's what I'm thinking about. But half of the year, it should be okay. You know, maybe it's in the 40s or something, and it would be okay in a normal backpack. It does limit how much you can get, too, which is kind of good. You're like, I, I will only get what I can carry on my back. Yep. So now when the Costco opens up, there's a strong chance I will figure out how to like I'll walk over with my cooler, like walk through the store or whatever, but I, I'm excited that it's opening up so close. Yeah, it's going to be right there. You can get your hot dog and your like 40 pack of Costco beer. They actually have Kirkland beer. It's probably not that good, but it would be a great workout. Yeah, that would be good. Stay hydrated. All right. Speaking of food, I will hop in and this may be one of the boring ones, Carl, that are on all the list. It's uh, eating and food. And I cook at home. I enjoy cooking. So this is one of the compound benefits similar to the biking and walking. I cook as a pastime. I enjoy it. I spend time researching it. I, you know, you're talking about the Instapot. I don't give a shit. I'm not in a hurry. I'm usually, I like, I'm, I want it to take a long time. The stuff that I really enjoy, like brewing beer or like smoking a brisket, it takes forever and there's no shortcut. Like you can't do a brisket. You can't smoke a brisket in an Instapot in whatever, three hours or something like that. Like you got to put it on the smoke and it's going to take 20 hours. So I, I think cooking at home is the basic one. The thing that we do is because food is important to me, we get like sort of premium foods. So I'll get like prime beef if I am doing a brisket or something like that, or we'll get just better ingredients than what we maybe would have cooked with years ago. Cause we were more frugal. So I'm like, ah, maybe I'll get the cheaper meat in this case. But nowadays we're spending on what's a priority, which is the food, but we are, we're preparing it at home. So it's way cheaper. Yes, so you could have better food and it's still, even if you're paying top quality stuff from Whole Foods, it's still way, way, way cheaper than going to a steakhouse or out to even a, a mid-tier restaurant. Yep, exactly. Do you ever slum it? I used to eat these things and um, I've got a funny story around it. I used to eat these in college, like SpaghettiOs for like a dollar a can or whatever. I don't think yeah. inflation has affected those. Or <laughs> I was saw them in the store and they're still the same price. So do you ever slum it and eat some shit like that or? Uh, not, not in a long time, but I did love, uh, Chef Boyardee when I was a kid and like, remember that beef stew, like Dinty Moore beef stew? Yes. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. The little canned things or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Spam. Do you ever get into that? I, I've never had spam. Never? Never. I actually got it recently in San Diego. It, uh, it was a, I think it was like the Pacific beach pokey shop and they had, um, the spam like sushi roll. Have you seen those? I've heard of it. I'm going yeah. there though. I will have it when I go there. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, right on, on the beach right there. But yeah, you could, I mean, it's just a, a salty spiced ham, you know, it's, it's meat, kind of. Okay. I wonder if it's been <laughs> affected by inflation. I, I don't keep track of spam, but. Yeah, I, I don't either. Um, but yeah, we ate, we ate some uh, cheap stuff like that. Okay. The, the other thing that I'll add is uh, bring snacks with you. Um, if you can, my mom always used to do that. She would always have like just random snacks in her purse. It was kind of odd at times. It's like, where did those French fries come from? <laughs> but she like saved it from like, you know, lunchtime or something. And she's like, oh yeah, I'm just having a little snack. But it comes in handy like at the airport or if you're on road trips or traveling when you're like not in necessarily anticipating being hungry, but you don't have your normal options. You can't walk over to the cupboard and grab a protein bar or nuts or whatever piece of fruit. So if you bring it with you, especially if you like plan ahead when you're flying, then you won't be tempted, especially at like an airport. We've talked before, it's just inflated prices. Sometimes the quality is a little lower and you're kind of trapped. There's not much else you can do. So I'm a big fan of like bringing protein bars, nuts. Those are easy. They're non-perishable. So you don't have to worry about them too much. Just throw them in the backpack and you can keep them until you need them. Yeah. One other food tip, and I think you do this too, is if you do go out to eat, I think it, some of it revolves around the food, but some of it is the ambience and the experience of doing that. Maybe having someone wait on you if that's your thing, but a lot of it is, and even if it is the taste, you don't need that much. So a lot of times when Mindy and I go out to eat, we'll split something. Uh, do you, you do that as well, right, Doug? Or? Yeah, pretty often. And it's, it's usually the right amount of food because the portions are way too big, you, depending on where you're going to. But a lot of times, you know, if you get a burger and fries, like I could just eat half and that will be plenty. And I think probably when you and I have gone out, I'm like, Hey, do you just want to split something? So I, I still, I do it with my, uh, grown, uh, men friends that I'm like, Hey man, you just want to, you want to split this croissant or, or what, what are we doing? You're going to eat the whole thing or, and just save a few bucks. And you know, you don't want to have leftovers too. Yeah. If you're, let's say we're at a conference or something, we don't want to have leftovers. Yeah. And, and sometimes the appetizers are pretty big too. You could just order a couple of those and split that up and then boom, you're done. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about my next one. And my next one is a topic near and dear to my heart and it is DIY, but this came up in a little bit different way in my life. Uh, this past week I was listening to a podcast and there were these people whining about their house. Like they hated their kitchen or something like that. And they're like, we need to move to another house. But they're like, well, we, we can't move now. And the reason was interest rates. They were locked in at like 2.5%, some rate which would have been normal a year ago. But now they're like, yeah, we can't get anything under under 6%. So we feel like we have to stay in this house. And the thought that came into my head is, if that's the only issue with it, why don't you just fix it up? Like, like do that. Uh, it, but then the issue with that is if you try to hire someone that can be very expensive as well. A lot of, especially here in Colorado, it seems like, uh, home improvement people, uh, everything is very expensive. We talked about my heat pump quote a couple episodes ago. Uh, so what I would tell people is to try to do something yourself, especially if it's a kitchen or something like that. It's, it's not that difficult. The hardest part is getting over the fear and, the thoughts you've had, you might say, I'm an accountant, I don't work with my hands, but it's not that hard. There's a billion YouTube videos out there that'll show you whatever you want to do. So if you feel like you're trapped in a space that you don't like, try to make that space a little bit more tolerable. 
And I'll challenge you on that one a little. Obviously, it is a great technique, but there are a lot of people that, like you said, uh, let's not pick on accountants. They, they seem like fine people. Um, let's say software uh, developers. No, I'm just kidding. Because you're, you're one. Um, but, but let's say it's someone who, you know, they don't have the tools. They have no background working with their hands. And they're very novice. Like if, if, you, if you ask them to like change the shower head, they, they, would, they would need help doing that and they would be intimidated. So do you have any advice for people that are like, they really have no skills, no background. They didn't grow up in a household where DIY was a thing. Yeah. So I'm not sure if they still do this, but those in Home Depot used to do classes. So for example, they had a tile class and you go there on a Saturday morning and it was all free because they're trying to get you in there to buy the materials. So they had someone that would go and they would give you the tools to try out on that Saturday morning class and you would actually get to do it there. I'm not sure if that is still a thing. I haven't noticed it at our local big box stores. So if it isn't, I would say the second best thing is to start very small. Like if you wanted to do a tile job, maybe start off with wall tile because that's a little bit easier. And then maybe start off in a part of your home that you don't really care that much about. And just take your time and go slow because none of the stuff is that hard. Uh, the hardest part is getting over your fear and maybe just educate yourself. Like I think when I had to give my big talk, it scared the shit out of me. So you just practice and you research and you practice again. And eventually all that knowledge helps you overcome your fear. Uh, there's just so, so much good information on YouTube and it's amazing. I think I know everything about how to lay tile or how to do my drywall and then I see a new channel and there's some new product that'll help you out. That, that's the other thing too. I was at the tile store this week and they've got this new tile leveling product that helps you get your tiles like perfectly level with each other. I'm like, wow, this is really cool. I would definitely do this if I was using a, a large format tile to help get my job done. So there, there's more resources than ever. And maybe try to enlist a helpful friend like, uh, like Doug, if you needed help, I, I would come help you out and set you on your way. And that might put you at ease. Like I could show you some tips and then boom, you're set. You can do the rest yourself or whatever. Yeah, that's perfect. And I think you're right. I haven't seen any of those demos at the hardware stores around here recently. And I think COVID wise, like they kind of shut those down, but it seems like they should be spawning back up, but I haven't seen them in a bit. Yeah, you would think. I wonder if that's something that's not going to return. There was just something else in my life that I was looking for, and I think COVID quashed it. And I, I can't remember what it was, but yeah, hopefully all this stuff will come back eventually. All right. And the other other one for me, I don't know if it fits with the compound benefits, because I, I think I missed the point of uh, what we were doing here exactly, but I think it fits partially. Uh, travel. So I was thinking more just on the frugal route, but, you know, go off season or during weekdays or something like that, depending on like what you're, what you're trying to do. And the other is like pet sitting or house sitting. So if you're traveling around uh, our friends, Scott and Jen, they, they do that. And, you know, again, two birds with one stone, they're um, potentially like earning a little money or at least they have a, a free place to stay and they're traveling at the same time. So they get to check out the area. You have to sort of plan ahead and be strategic with that. But I think it's a great way to travel around a little bit. Have you done any house or pet sitting before? Uh, we have never 
done that? Nah, yeah, I don't think we have. It's a little bit harder for us to be flexible with children at the moment, but I would definitely consider that. And maybe even a house swap too. There's people who want to come to Colorado and spend a month and it doesn't even have to be like, I think I would, I know Clark Howard did this. I'll back up a second in that he would take his whole organization on a trip and he would do it by what was cheap and available at the time. And I think it would be fun to do a house swap that way too. You don't have to have, if you don't have a place locked in in mind and even a, a country like, Hey, someone in Portugal wants to come to the U S for a month, let's swap houses with them. But just stick it out there and see what kind of leads you get or what kind of people respond to it. But yeah, I think that'd be awesome. And then the other, the other travel tip is uh, slow travel. So a lot of times you'll be able to get cheaper lodging than if you stayed at a hotel. Airbnb changes that just a little bit, but um, you could still get sort of longer term, you know, one to two month uh, rentals. And, you know, we did that for a little while, I guess, technically, I never liked the term digital nomad, but technically we were digital nomads for uh, a little while and it was slow travel. It was great. I mean, I do like to go to the grocery store and like live like sort of normally in a town and enjoy it like a, you know, a local would. And you don't feel as uh, like you're in a rush as much because you have, you know, a month or two to, to do the, the things. The other benefit going back to cooking is because you're there for a little while and potentially with a longer term rental, you can go to the grocery store, you can, you know, buy things and it's much cheaper to cook at home than to eat out like every single meal, which can get expensive. If you're thinking like whatever a month and you have to eat out every single meal, it's probably super unhealthy also, depending on where you eat, but it'll be way cheaper if you can cook at home. Yeah, agreed. I don't like going out to eat and ordering a salad. It just seems ridiculous. When I go out to eat, I'm going to order something that's probably going to shorten my lifespan by two weeks. Yeah. How, how often do you guys eat out, would you say? Um, it used to be more frequent. I can't remember the last time we actually have now. It's probably what, it's probably been a, a month. I think we're going to plan to this weekend for the holiday weekend, but uh, just one day and, and that'll, that'll be it. Okay. How about yourself? Yeah, we probably eat out, we've been trying to eat out a little bit more in the last, I don't know, six months. So maybe once a week or so, uh, but I can't think the last time we ate out. So it's probably been like three, two, three weeks since we ate out, maybe more recently. But but yeah, I'm kind of like you, where if I'm eating out, typically I'm, I'm, I'll get uh, like something that I wouldn't normally cook at home, like, you know, burger and fries, for example. However, recently I have been trying to eat a little more healthy just generally. And I mean, I, f I feel a little bit better. I think I even lost a couple of pounds, not, not too much, but I mean, eating the burger and fries on vacation, like every single meal or pizza, like it, eventually I'm like, you know what? I don't feel as good. Like, and, and I could tell. So yeah, I, I love those. Super unhealthy foods, though. <laughs> Who doesn't? All right. Anything else uh, with compound benefits? Uh, I think I had one last one, and this kind of ties a couple of different things together. Uh, it is make different friends, which is, uh, it sounds kind of caustic maybe, but uh, we are who we spend time with, and We've known some fancy people in the past, and they would be like, ah, oh, let's go watch this NFL game, or let's go to this 
steakhouse and things like that. And, and they're fine people, but I don't want to be spending like two or 300 bucks a weekend on these different adventures. So one of the things we've done is, uh, for example, our house has a pool. So we just say, hey, if everyone wants to come over on Friday afternoon and hang out or, or Friday evening, that's great. It doesn't cost anything. You can bring your own food. Uh, bring your own alcohol if that's your thing. And that's it. Uh, we have another pizza night tradition where we invite people over and they can bring their own toppings if they want. We'll supply the crust, some of the, the base ingredients for it. But it turns into uh, – it changes the way you hang out with people. I think it is actually more pleasurable because instead of meeting someone at a restaurant for an hour – you're hanging out with them for hours at night and you're preparing the food together, which I think has a lot of value. And you never know who's going to show up. I might invite six or eight different people and there might be different people who show up and then they make friends and they're talking to other people. Um, so I started phrasing this as make different friends, but maybe I should have phrased this as make different traditions among friends too. And I think even some of those fancy people would have been on board with this. And I thought about this one when I created it. One of the best meals we had in our backyard was when you did that steak. And I think Alan Donegan, Alan Donegan was there. And I think he said it was the best steak he ever had. Or maybe it was Pete, Mr. Money Mustache, who said that after you gave him a steak. So we had a great meal, one of the best meals of our lives. We hung out. We had a good time. And and we saved money, but that wasn't even the primary purpose of it. It was just an after effect. We didn't do that to save money. Yeah. They, actually, they both said that. <laughs> so it was a good steak. It was a good set of steaks there. And yeah, a couple, couple things to add in there. You talked about, um, you know, a specific activity like hanging out, uh, some leisure stuff and having the meal. So that's great. There's the community aspect, which I think we discount, especially once we get a little older, um, or at least certain people do. The other thing is just activity. So we went on, uh, you missed this one, Carl, but we went on a hike, a group hike out of Mr. Money Mustache HQ. So I think there were like eight of us that went out and hiking is a great activity that is relatively cheap. You have to, you know, pay for the gas to get out there. We did um, hike inside the national park. So technically you should have a park pass, but we carpooled and, you know, many of us had park passes already. It was pretty, you know, cheap. We were, you know, doing an activity for whatever, if you count the trip, maybe like eight hours or something like that. And it was relatively free for all of us versus let's say you're going to an amusement park where you have to pay to get in and then there's uh, expenses, uh, you know, souvenirs or food or other things that you would need to buy inside the amusement park. And there's a, you know, the football game is another good example. Like if you, if you don't care about sports, like why would you pay whatever hundred bucks for a ticket? You have to pay 20 bucks for parking, the beer at the stadiums, like whatever, 12 bucks a beer or something crazy. And all that stuff adds up. It's great to hang out with your friends. And, you know, if they're into it, maybe you do it occasionally. So I get that. But yeah, if you don't care about it, like why would you go to, or, or like a beer festival, if you don't drink, why would you go to a beer festival? It, it doesn't make sense. So you could, like you said, you know, make different friends, but it's like picking people that have the same values. And I, th I think you mentioned that before. Yeah, and I, I often wonder, kind of a side conversation, if a lot of these experiences are as good as you build them up in your head, like 
I'm just thinking I went to a Chicago Bears game in, in December or something like that. And my knees hurt from the cold. Like my knees never hurt. And I'm like, this is horrible. We're sitting here <laughs> freezing our asses off. You can barely see the game because I don't think football is a good thing to watch in person. And it just wasn't fun. I, it, while I'm sitting there, I thought the thought I had was this would be way more fun sitting at home with all these same people. We could actually talk to each other. Our faces wouldn't be frozen. We, yeah. We'd be saving a lot of money. We could be having better food than the crap they're selling here. And yeah, so I don't know. I think people should consider all of that. And I think, I can't remember who we talked about it, but we, we recently went to a beer fest out here and it, it was fun. It was it was a good time. Uh, some other people came out and actually uh, Caitlin came out, right? Yes. So shout out to Caitlin out of Boulder. And the thing is, it was like 40 or $45 a person. And let's say there were 10 of us or so hanging out. If we would have pulled our money together, went to the liquor store, got some great beers, we could have had like really awesome beers in my you know kitchen, we would be away from the crowds. We wouldn't have to stand in line 30 minutes for a porta potty. We would have had much better beers than what was the, it was a fine festival, but like when you pull together money and like you remove the commercial aspect of it and you like do it at home, like the money goes way farther and you can get a lot more stuff, higher quality stuff like the steaks or the beers or whatever. And again, it's about values. So some people do like the spectacle of going going to a place where they have above ground outdoor pools and a bunch of random strangers in there. Some people like that. And they get in the water. And they get all wet and splash around like you were doing, right? I, I, it was a pretty hot day, Doug. I, I had to go in there to cool off. <laughs> so anyway, I, I made the point there. Now, one thing I want to come back to, you talked about the pizza nights. What's going on with your pizza oven, man? I haven't seen this thing yet. Yeah, we have an outdoor pizza oven, which is pretty cool. It's one of the things that you hook. Ours runs on natural gas, so you fire it up, you heat the pizza oven up to like seven to 800 degrees, and then the pizza cooks in about two minutes. You got to like flip it around while you do it, or else it's kind of weird that it's hotter on one side, so you turn it around. But yeah, it's great. We actually talked about firing it up this weekend. Uh, yeah, we should have you over for a, a pizza night, Doug. It makes kind of like the New York style, which isn't my favorite type, but I'm going to experiment with like a uh, deep dish, which I know some people don't even consider pizza. Those people are wrong, but yeah, it's pretty cool. So you, you fire the thing up, you wait 20 minutes, and then the pizzas are done in two minutes. They're not huge. They're 14 inches, but they cook so fast that everyone can be eating in like six or eight minutes. And uh, yeah, put your own stuff on there. It's pretty cool. Nice. Very good. Well, any other thoughts on this topic area yeah so doug i think i'm going to experiment with brisket in the instapot and i'll get back to you either that or the air fryer you don't have an air fryer either right no it's but our fun. oven has an air fryer setting okay do you ever use it or I, I tried to use it once and it i mean i think it it's like a convection oven right like we already what, what does it do it just blows the air around more yeah, or something so a convection oven is a big air fryer basically but like yeah if you you can reheat, reheat fries if you do have a doggy bag or chicken nuggets and makes epic nuggets. Again, I'm not as fancy with food as you are. I've got like a five-pound bag of dinosaur nuggets from Sam's Club in my freezer right now. But. <laughs> I've never had dinosaur. Yeah. I, where do they even get that? From actual dinosaurs, Doug. I thought you would know that. <laughs> they taste like chicken. I thought, I thought they would. Yeah. I mean, they're birds anyway yeah as far as i know yeah that's right uh birds are the evolutionary descendants of dinosaurs so yeah they're great i uh 
uh, I was walking home with Mindy. I'm like, I got to cook myself up some chicken nuggets. She's like, what the hell are you doing that for? Those are for the kids. I'm like, well, <laughs> we've got all these leftovers. We, we had like a Middle Eastern thing where we had hummus and baba ganoush and all this stuff. But we ran out of chicken. I'm like, I really want this, but I need some kind of base in there. It's either going to be tofu and I don't want to, it takes too long. So yeah, I went for the chicken nuggets. It sounds delicious. It's some kind of fusion meal. Yeah, it, it was like trash, <laughs> trash cuisine with Middle Eastern. Mm. Really selling it. All right, cool. Well, um, I think that's it for today. Any any other thoughts? Good to go. I think I'm going to do a food truck based on trash fusion. We could, I could, I have a lot of ideas around this. Lots. It'll be called like "What the fuck is in Carl's refrigerator?" Because it's just leftovers, right? <laughs> WTF is a good name. What the fusion? <laughs> Actually, that is pretty good. Yeah, what we're going to do it. Lots of bacon there, leftovers. Yeah, all kinds of shit. And uh, side note, I, I was going to say, I don't know if you've noticed, we've been getting a few more reviews over on iTunes. And I thought of it because uh, some of them are a little lower. I don't have it pulled up on my phone. But it, we got a couple that were like one or two stars. Did you see those? I did not see them. So one of them... I feel bad about this one. So both of them were about cussing, oh. saying bad words. So one of them said there was not an explicit sign on the podcast and they started playing it in the car with their kids in the car. And I feel bad. That That is, that is bad. Like it should have the explicit sign. In fact, I have it fucking checked <laughs> in the podcast um, hosting right somehow with the transition uh bringing alan's show rebel entrepreneur onto the network like some settings got reset so like the explicit flag turned off i've struggled with it there's like four places to set it i've set it explicit on all of them but for some reason this person didn't see the explicit flag they played it for their kid and i i feel bad about that you know that shouldn't have happened that's you know our fault even if i tried to set it properly like that shouldn't have happened. So I do feel bad. One recently came in and it said, I want to like the show. I want to give a better review than two stars, but they seem shallow because they cuss. And I, you know, it's not for everyone. We're not trying to be for everyone, but I do question their word choice of shallow because I think our conversations have good depth, especially when we interview people. Sometimes we go deep on our own as well, but I don't think we're shallow because we cuss. We can be something else because we cuss. People can choose not to listen because we cuss, but I don't think we're shallow because we cuss. Any thoughts on cussing? Yeah, I've read, and you've probably read these same things, Doug, that uh, honest people tend to cuss more or something like that. Have you ever read that, Doug? I haven't. Yeah, so Google, I'm pretty sure that is true. I, I don't think it. this shouldn't be like at uh, Eddie Murphy show or every other word's an F-bomb. If, if we cuss, we really feel strongly about it. We shouldn't be trying to, trying to insert. See, I'm not even saying it now. I'm saying <laughs> F-word because I don't feel strongly about using yeah. that word. So when I do use it, I want to use it to effect if you do hear me using yeah. that word. because I'm really trying to emphasize something or I feel strongly about something. But Fair I don't enough. even feel strongly about there's some meta. I have no idea where I was going with it. Yeah. Like, sorry. No, no. And I think I've, I have found it interesting that so many people have noticed that we cuss because the podcast that I listen to, the people that I'm around, we cuss. So it's very interesting 
that people find it so offensive. I t- absolutely respect it. It is fine. But I'm surprised that so many people are like, wow, I can't even listen to this show because they're cussing. And yeah, basically all the podcasts that I listen to, they're explicit. They cuss in all of them. And yeah, it's just, it is interesting. And any thoughts on that? Like, what am I missing? Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any big ones. Like uh, I, Tim Ferriss, he's probably one of the biggest. And he definitely, there's definitely F-bombs on that one, right? Like, like, yeah. like how about Lex or Jocko? Do they swear on that? Uh, yeah, Lex and Jocko both. Yep. Okay. Huberman I, doesn't, I don't think, uh, regularly, but his guests uh, will occasionally. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. I guess most of our material is probably for adults, but I, I feel a little bit bad if people can't listen to it in their cars with their kids because of it. It's too bad there's not an easy setting where people could just choose the normal version and it would substitute uh, a word in there. Like every yeah. F-bomb we dropped would say I was dugged or something like that. <laughs> I was carled. <laughs> yeah. And, well, the funny thing is um, in my career, I, I mean, I am professional. So like I never cussed unless I was talking to like a sp- specific person that was a friend of mine. So in meetings or anything, like never cussed and I could not cuss or cuss depending on who I'm talking to or what it is, never cuss around your kids or anything like that. So I can like certainly turn it on or off. And I like to listen to shows where they cuss. Sometimes when they cuss, I'm like, oh, like less said fuck or whatever. Um, so anyway, just an observation. And yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's going to change how I'm operating. We don't cuss too much. And especially if we have like a guest, like we recently just interviewed um, someone and they seemed a little more straight lace and it didn't look like they were going to cuss. We didn't cuss in the discussion. It wasn't relevant. And we kind of, I think we feel the guest out and yes. we understand like their sort of demeanor. So, yeah. All right. Cool. Well, uh, leave a comment if you have an opinion on uh, cussing or you could shoot us an email. Uh, what is it? What is it again? It's milehighficlub.com. <laughs> <laughs> milehighficlub at gmail.com. The problem with all this is Mile High Fi, all those handles were reserved by someone who's not even using them, I don't think. So we had to go Mile High Fi Club, but yeah. So you could find it. All right. We'll talk to you later, Carl. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. That was the Mile High Fi podcast, and I'm Doug Cunnington, the Balder host, and Carl Jensen is the cool, sexy one. If you dig the show, please do three things for us. Number one, tell a friend, a family member, an enemy about the show. We really don't care who you tell. Maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you could do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five and uh, actually we don't give high fives in, in person. So the virtual kind's pretty good. And more importantly, your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using, and that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. 
it's really just for entertainment and that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week.